0: Hello and welcome again for another installment of the Listix AFL podcast. I'm your host, John Van Norden, and we're here every single week to pull apart a current AFL playing list, check out the key indicators, and determine what that club is missing and what moves that they should be making in the off-season. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Sean Lewis. Sean, how are you doing this week? Uh, Doing very well, thanks, John. How about you, mate? Very well. I'm um, excited to review the St Kilda Football Club today, so St Kilda is the club that we've chosen. And um, as we know in the news, there's been a little bit of movement uh, in the St Kilda list management department um, with Tony Elshaw on on his way out at the end of the 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 season. So uh, it will be interesting to review his time at the club, um, which is where a lot of the um, analysis will be focused upon. Uh, So St Kilda, they've had a bit of a tough year, uh, to say the least. They probably suffered from what I would call like a false dawn, uh, where they believed that they were moving up the ladder. Uh, it was only a matter of time before all of these uh, players that were on the fringes and uh, and starting to make it were going to take off and become absolute stars of the competition. And I think that they've hit a had a bit of a reality check this year. Um, for me, their recruiting has been a bit scattergun in the last five years. For me, Sean, how about you? What do you think?
1: Yeah, look, I think um, I think they crafted a plan um, a few years ago that most St Kilda fans will be aware of, um, under the gui- under the guidance of uh, Chris Pelchin, who was involved with Hawthorne's Premiership list build. Um, I guess I've got a few more questions around more development and and um, you know how they build their overall list profile more than anything. Um, but yeah, look, they they certainly. Looking at it today, they certainly haven't haven't done it well. I, I agree with you in the false dawn sense. Um, a lot of my St. Kilda friends and I've grown up with a lot of St. Kilda people around me. Um, they all were, you know, saying how great it was, and but at the same time, you look at whenever. They had great wins and stuff. It was often on the back of Joey Montagna racking up thirty five possessions or Nick Rewalt kicking four goals or pushing up the ground and taking, you know, fifteen marks on a wing. Um, I know certainly when they played against Melbourne, they you know, their best two players were often Joey and uh, Rue and then closely followed by Jack Stephen. So you know I guess they they definitely probably thought they were a bit further along and thought they'd groomed the replacements well enough, but they let them go and and when you lose six hundred games of a f l experience between two players, you know this this is bound to happen,
0: yeah, and I know that we've seen a couple of teams suffer from that. The Western Bulldogs have been another losing experienced players and then suffering a reality check from their younger players, and that can be because the younger players both stand taller and play better around the older players as well as uh, the worst two players in the best 22. Uh, so the two players that come in to replace those two players aren't uh, player one and two on your, on your best 22. They're player um, what was 23 and 24. So they're guys that were fringe players and now they're best 22 players. And it does make a big difference to the overall side. Either either that
1: or they're the the under-18s, you know, just fresh out of the draft in a lot of cases. You know, they'll thrust a, a young 18-year-old in and, and a lot of weight on their shoulders.
0: Yeah, you're completely right. And they are a, they are a young side. Um, the, I don't think they were a young side last year, but they are a young side. And I think they're the fourth youngest in the competition. But I think that excuses are starting to run out for, for the Saints. So for me, this all started back when they let go of uh, Nick Del Santo um, and the a f l kindly gifted them a draft pick for that, um which probably was not shouldn't have happened, but uh they got one anyway and they um they tr- they moved on who probably would be the captain right now uh in ben mcavoy
1: well it, I think it's important to remember as it's come out in the press in the last um twelve months that you know they uh, when Chris peltron I believe it was, who came out in the Herald Sun, he said when he got to St Kilda, he'd never seen uh, a salary cap position like it. I believe coming off the back of the uh, drawn and then lost grand final, um, they had back-ended a lot of contracts, and I think for uh, when peltron came in, in in 2011, they were looking like they are actually going to be over the salary cap. So they uh, approached the AFL, and the AFL said, all right, well, you know, if you... Back end, you know, you push payments out till next year and rejig this and that. Um, what effectively ended up happening by the time they had let Del Santo go um, and all that in 2013, I believe they were still um, like almost close to blowing the salary cap, which is why they came up with this, you know, 2020 plan was to. They, they basically wanted to strip everything back down, um, get the payments back under control, and then rebuild the list gradually over years, offsetting payments, having a better spread. Um, so, yeah, while it's easy to say, you know, they, they let, obviously, um, uh, Brennan Goddard go and, and Nick Del Santo and, and these guys go, um, they kind of didn't have the money to keep them, was the reality of the situation. So they're almost pushed into a rebuild early because of the salary cap position, which is a, another side of list management that, that probably we won't touch on too much, but it's it's a really important side and it really does drive a lot of decision-making.
0: Yeah, and I guess we would touch on it uh, if we had player contract values released to the public so we knew what people were contracted on, but most of this is just speculation. Um, in that, the biggest one for me, and this happens to a lot of clubs, is the willingness to trade out leadership um, and focus on what something shinier and brighter could be. It was very clear to everyone back then that McAvoy was the future captain. And I know that when Geary took over the role, he didn't want to step up to be the captain. And it wouldn't have been so easy if they haven't had this um, shit fight in the ruck between Hickey and Longer for the last five years and instead they just had one B. McAvoy holding it down and putting it down his young midfielder's throats.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that fully. Um, they got Longer and Hickey for very cheap in the end and I guess they probably you know, uh, went the old money ball route and traded out McAvoy for... Um, I can't remember who that was.
0: It might it might have been like pick it might have been pick eighteen. I think it was McAvoy, and it was the For pick that they yeah the J- pick that L- they L- eventually Dunstan. used on Dunstan. Yeah, it was pick eighteen. But when they traded in longer, I think that might have been either the following year um, when they traded in longer, or the same year they traded out pick twenty five. So it was only seven positions in the draft, and potentially one year improved, and they got a young potential uh, ruckman. And he hasn't lived up to that potential. Um, and they traded out a, a proven entity and a leader of the club. It, is, it
1: does show that, that the, the value of leadership. You see um, a lot of clubs, and like Brisbane's a good example, uh, West Coast last year, Melbourne last year, You know, picking up guys like Geordie Lewis and Sam Mitchell and Luke Hodge this year to Brisbane and, and having the right sort of... If, if you've got that inside your club, you just can't afford to let it go. I think that's the that's the ultimate position and and you know, McAvoy, as he shows as he's shown every year at Hawthorne, um, he's just a fantastic uh trooper, he keeps going. He might be a little bit slower, he might not be able to get here and there up the ground and whatever, but Jesus he gives everything he's got every time he's on that footy field and, and I you know, Hawth- would Hawthorne have won
0: three in a row without him, you know, probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And this is all part of that, um, that rebuild plan that they were talking about. Do you want to talk us through that a bit more?
1: For those that aren't St Kilda supporters or, or um, tragics like myself and John, um, the Saints in 2014, after the 2013 draft, unveiled their strategic framework for the whole club. And basically, it boils down. I mean, there's a lot of off-field stuff, but the on-field stuff uh, kind of boils down to they wanted. The vision of the club was to be admired as a competition leader in recruiting, player development, and coaching by 2018. So by today, they wanted to have a flag by 2020, and the club was to be top four by 2018. Um, they wanted to build through the national draft initially, uh, where. After two years, so that'd be 2016, they then targeted free agency and high-quality um, trades. So, yeah, yeah. Um, who was last year's big one? Kelly. Josh Kelly, that was it. So... Yeah. Um, and they put themselves in a position with that. Um, and as well, the final point with that plan was uh, Peter Summers came out and said the the club had to have an accountable mantra uh, and... Building an admired culture on a foundation of respect. And I guess when we look back at, at what their targets were, you know, they want to be a competition leader in recruiting, player development, and coaching. Um, and I guess that's where all of my issues with their rebuild plan are. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're not a competition leader in any of them. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll just ta- touch on recruiting, alright? So i 'm just going to i'm going to go through uh, who they've drafted over the last so since twenty thirteen um I want you just to give me you know met expectations going okay or hasn't met expectations that's
0: all I want all right so jack billings that's very uh very survey like there with the met expectations i feel like i'm I made a full time employee at a major organization <laughs> <laughs> you you make it what you want <laughs> i to be determined. I'd say he's a, he's a miss at the moment. He's a
1: miss? Alright, so we'll call it Hits and Misses, alright? Sounds good. Luke Dunstan. Hit. Blake Akers. Hit. Okay, so that's 2013 done. 2014. Paddy McCartan. Miss. Hugh
0: Goddard. Miss.
1: Daniel Mackenzie.
0: Uh, To be determined, I I think that he's had way too many half-back flankers keeping him out, and that's not his fault, I don't think.
1: And with Hugh Goddard, you could probably argue injuries, but we'll move on. I guess an after-30s pick in that same draft was was Jack Loney. Yeah,
0: miss. All right, 2015, you have Jade Gresham. Uh, I'll give him a hit, but I'm not convinced yet.
1: Fair enough. I'd give him a hit too. So, uh, after 30s picks, they had uh, Brandon White, miss, uh, and father-son selection Bailey Rice, miss. 2016, Ben Long. Uh,
0: to be determined. Okay,
1: so that was the year they traded out um, pick 10, pick 10, and that Hawks used that to get. Uh, Jay Amira, and then um, they on-traded that obviously to Gold Coast who used it on an academy selection in Jack Bowers. But from that pick 10, they managed to get pick 7 the next year. So it's worth remembering that year they they didn't have a pick until in the mid-20s, which was Ben Long. But after 30, I think they've done all right. Um, Josh Battle.
0: Yeah, hit Ed Phillips. To be determined.
1: Oh, you're a tough marker, aren't you? I would have said he's shown enough.
0: It's very, very early, and he's he's played three or four games total. Uh, I don't want to give any of these... Like, I'm giving Battle, because for, for a big guy, he's looking all right. Um, But, yeah, Phillips has got to live up to his brother's standards before I think... He's,
1: uh... <laughs> a good Collingwood player there, mate. Good on you. Um, and I guess 2017, and, and like you said, it is pretty early on some of these. So you've got Hunter Clark, which was that pick seven. It's a hit for me. Nick Coffield. Hit... And then after thirty, Oscar Claverino who hasn't played a game, so we don't really know, and Ben Patton who hasn't played a game either. So I guess when you, you, you know, you look at what you've said there and you know, you've got a couple of to be determines you know, a couple of hits, but especially that 2014 draft, you've got a, a lot of misses. So when when you sit there and your vision is to be admired as a competition leader in recruiting, and you've had some pretty high draft picks here, you know, there's pick three, 18, 19, 1, 21, 22, 15, you know, like, and out of those, you've got, you know, three hits out of seven, and two to be determined. So are they a comp- are they a competition leader?
0: <laughs> no, they're not a competition leader and and even the um the, not even just how the players have gone since those players have been drafted, but the type of players that they've targeted in that as well. Uh, fringe sides that are sitting outside of the 8 uh, and are trying to rebuild their side don't have the luxury of selecting positional players, especially half-forward flankers, forward pockets, half-back flankers, back pockets. And there's been way too much of that for me for St Kilda across the time. If they weren't planning on playing McKenzie, this is what I was touching on earlier, then you shouldn't have picked him. Just pick another midfielder. Um, Same thing with people like Wright. Uh, Billings, I know he's an early pick, but he's a half-forward flanker again. Um, Gresham is another top pick and he's another forward-pocket half-back flanker, I mean, half-forward flanker, loney forward-pocket. They've just spent way too much time investing in the areas of the ground that when you finals, when you've got a great midfield, but when your midfield isn't getting you the ball and you can't do any... You don't have a little mosquito fleet flying around, You you really need to go back and invest in the middle of the ground.
1: I mean, the midfield is... Um, I think as we touched on with Carlton like, you know, terrific spine and they only had one midfielder in, in, in Crips for the future so you need to build around that midfield and I think in a lot of ways there's a few similarities with, with St Kilda as well, like they've got they've got some uh, good players at either end of the ground, they've obviously got Nathan Brown and Jake Carlisle um, as well and they've got um, up forward I mean if he comes back to his form two years ago, Josh Bruce Tim Membrey Um, Paddy McCartan, if he can come on. Um, So they've they've, they've kind of done... They've got the bookends all sorted. And and as you just touched on, they've got two competing rucks, which is a... I think they've been the example that it's probably not a good place for AFL clubs to be in.
0: Yeah, that's a a failed strategy. For any fan that's listening out there that's in recruiting, don't plan on picking two rucks that are about the same quality and saying that they're going to improve each other because neither one of them has or does Either one forces their way to top, Lr Brody Grundy and Wits moves on and gets his opportunity elsewhere, or neither one of them makes it like what's happened here.
1: Agreed, and and they've probably lost a lot of the trade value out of both of those players now. You know, potentially when Hickey was in form, you you might have been able to get a you know mid second round pick for him, um, but now you would you would definitely wouldn't get it. I mean, and, and we touched on the midfield, and go through the midfield, and, I mean, a guy like Nathan Freeman, it's pretty hard when you look at this and you see a guy like Nathan Freeman, for all the promise in the world, just unfortunately can't get onto the park, and he's kind of exactly what they need, a bit of a contested bull with a uh, a bit of speed from the contest, and he just helps Jack Stephen out. Um, they've obviously had the issues with Kobe Stevens, who's who uh, could potentially retire at the end of the year. Um, as well as obviously um the the stuff that happened with Dylan Roberton as well, just to compound it, so they've had a few things happen this year, but you know you look across their their midfield and you know the ones that you need to be leading, which is your david Armitage and and Jack Munes and seb Ross you know are these guys b
0: grade quality Ross is a good player, but they probably have the worst good player in the competition if that's if that's a um thing that thing that you can have is in Carlton have Cripps, and Cripps is much significantly better player than what Ross is. He's a he's a much better prospect to build a club around. Um, I was going to say they'd be
1: building around. You'd, even though he's 28, you'd be building around Jack Stevens really because he's he's their he's their premier midfielder and Ross is I guess equivalent to the the Ed Kurno maybe.
0: But, I mean, even looking at the players that that are injured, because Robert, uh wasn't injured at the start of the year, and neither was um, Kobe Stevens. Um, so those players, when they were getting belted at the start of the year, were still around. Um, and when I look over at Freeman, what I'm imagining them missing is Jordan Digby and putting Freeman's face and sort of body on him, because. I'm imagining a 22, 23-year-old burst player that can run through packs and has a bit of speed, exactly what they need. But Freeman's never going to be that. Freeman's an injury-prone... He's been a nightmare for them. And this is another another issue for them, is trading in players that just haven't worked. Uh, He was a second-round, a future second-round pick... that's another second round that they don't take, and he's been just sitting there in the twos, taking up a list spot in the recovery, and it just hasn't worked for him again.
1: Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Freeman, I I have a bit of a soft spot for. I really liked him in his draft year. Uh, I think Melbourne took Christian Salem, the pick before him, and I was secretly hoping we would would pick Freeman, but... um, uh, to the better judgment of our recruiters. They, they picked Salem, and, and Freeman still hasn't played a game. So, you know, yeah. it, it, it's a real tough one with him because it, he... It, you know, in his draft year, when I saw him, he had all the attributes of what, you know, what you just said. He, he pretty much is very... That explosive player, that's what he was. He broke away from packs and, you know, had that real kind of bull mentality, and... Um, and probably just lacked a little bit of outside polish when he got drafted. And without seeing him at VFL level, I'd be interested to see you know if he's still doing that, or if the how much of a toll the hamstrings have taken on him. And yeah, it's, it's a shame, but yeah, you, you're right. You know, injury prone. He he moved across thinking that you know, St Kilda can fix my hamstrings, and you know, three years later, uh,
0: two, two, yeah. three, three years. yeah, it's been three years. It's, this is yeah, this is his third year over there, and. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always a risk when you trade for an injury-prone player. And trading a high pick like a future second-round pick is where you really get into trouble. I mean, North Melbourne were a good example where they were able to get Paul Ahern for maybe like a late fourth-round pick, if anything. There might have been an early fifth-round pick for ahern who was, again, talented midfielder, former pick seven, so inside that sort of top bracket... But you're paying peanuts for him, so it doesn't come yeah. off. It probably was, that pick probably wasn't going to come off anyway. Yeah. But trading out consistently trading out earlier picks. I mean, I know from they've got an even worse example about what was it? Two years, maybe two years before that Freeman pick when they traded out pick twelve for Tom Lee. Do you remember that trade? Yeah, that like, was
1: um. Oh, they got back. They got Tom Lee pick nineteen or something and. Some back ended shuffling yeah it was a it was a real weird one that one it's
0: uh, trades like that have just really exposed this team um the team, if they were focused on the draft and if they were focused on rebuilding, they wouldn't have gone and brought in Carlisle as early as they did. they would have instead gone and drafted a midfielder and they would have like a high a high position high quality midfielder at, at that sort of top five pick. But as I said, it was this false dawn where Nick Riewoldt and Montagna were still hanging around. They were winning some games and moving up the ladder and they thought that they'd done it and that they were going to be playing finals by 2018. And I think if they'd looked at the bottom of their list, uh, they might have made some harder calls um, and said, we're not there just yet, guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they wanted to play finals this year, they really should have probably kept Joey and Rue. I think there's been a bit of stuff in the media about them wanting to continue and uh, clubs make decisions to move players on for whatever reason, and sometimes clubs have got to be brave, brave. but sometimes it doesn't work out. And I think if your genuine target was 2018 to be playing finals, then you needed to have one, if not both, of Rue and Joey playing. So, um, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I'd completely forgotten about the, the Tom
0: Lee trade. Um, I'm just trying to look at it now. Yeah. Uh, while while you while you look at that, I'll um just have a quick look forward to some of their upcoming contracts because it's gonna be um it's always hard for a new list manager coming in to make a lot of changes, so I'm hoping that Tony Alshog is gonna be doing a lot of this work himself. Uh the recontracting stuff and moving people on. I was gonna say I've but just got it here.
1: It was uh pick twelve to the Giants for Tom Lee,
0: pick twenty four and pick forty three. Yeah, it's that's uh, it's not a good one. Um, I'll I'll just I'll leave it at that. Yeah, fair call. I'm just looking forward to a couple of contracts here. Um, and one that jumps out straight away is that Darren Minchington has been on their list for seven years. Yes. Seven years. I yeah. I I, I would have sworn that he was like a rookie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, I've seen him play uh down in the VFL a few times. But he's yeah he's, I mean yeah he's just kind of one of your general forwards really.
0: Yeah they've got they've got a, for me um I'll do some yes nos through here as well because for me they've got to move him on if if he's not taking a spot in the best twenty two he's gone.
1: Well why don't we just go through the whole list let's start from um, the top and we'll work through and and trade or keep or delist or keep I guess. Sammy Gilbert. Uh D list for me, I think he's now uh like uh, Jimmy Webster's probably taken his spot for me. Um and so I'd be I'd be delisting him. Um and I know a few St Kilda supporters who probably be happy at that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the same. he's yeah. Well well done, uh, Sammy on your career, but time to move on. Billy Longer, D list or keep.
1: Um
0: I would Keep, Shh. keep him, Shh. but I'm just shining up the blade on my axe here, Shorty. <laughs> he's
1: oh, but I'd, I'd keep him and, and maybe uh, maybe look to trade. Um, unfortunately, we don't do sign and trade like the NBA does because that's what I'd probably do because I still think <laughs> he's, he's got a bit of value there. Um, I mean, it, it's a decision on Tom Hickey. If Tom Hickey's carrying him forward, then probably long gone, um, especially with a couple of developing rucks behind him. Um if if Tom Hickey isn't the future at twenty eight years old, then re-sign Billy Longer, put him in you know, stick him um in the best twenty two and either look to trade Tom Hickey on or you know, I'm sure Geelong will happily give up a pick second round pick for uh, St Kilda Ruckman again. Yeah.
0: no, I, I don't think it'll go that high, but I, I would be happy it's a good point, I'd be happy to re sign him for two years with the assumption that you're moving on Hickey. Because only one of those can stay for me. Agreed. Uh, this dra- Drag Da-rag? Joyce uh, D list. It's got to be Irish, surely. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Minchinson was gone already. Dalton Langarts? Langlads. Um I think Lang-lands? he.
1: I think he might be one of their rookies. Yeah, he's he's a real young. Um, real young rookie, defender, midfielder, it says here. So, uh, you know, being a rookie, re-contract him for another year, see what you get.
0: Yeah, re-rookie, Ed Phillips, extend his contract out. Absolutely. Huey Goddard. Oof.
1: Yeah, just... I'd, I, it'd be a one-year deal for me just to see if he can come back from that ACL. Um, he, he was starting to show little bits before he did it. Um, hadn't quite locked down his position, but he was looking... Like, he could make it, uh, but unfortunately went down with that ACL and he hasn't got back in the team. So I'd keep him because he's probably better than your next best key defender after Brown and and Carlisle. Um, yeah. but, but I'd only give him a one-year deal.
0: Yeah, one, one year or offer him a rookie contract for me. Um, Loney?
1: Yep, keep him. 20, 22 years old for me. He's, he's shown enough to give one more year.
0: You'd, you'd ask yeah. him. I'd ask him. Yeah, for me, 22 years old, and I've seen enough to know that I don't want to see any more of him. <laughs> um, it, just, he's just—he's too in between. Like, he's not quick. Uh, he's not super aggressive in the tackles. Uh, he doesn't kick many goals. He's not tall, or he doesn't have any characteristics that will make him good. He had enough enough things that would make him good at under 18s level. Uh, but he's never quite found his position in the team. And with other guys hanging around the best 22, like your Greshams and Billings and Sinclair, who I all think are past him, I think that it's just cut your losses and move on.
1: Yeah, I, I can understand that. For me, I guess I look at him and I go, what What are they going to be able to bring in that's going to be any better? With the when We'll touch on their draft hand a bit later. They don't have an overly strong draft hand this year either. So... I'm kind of thinking with my hat there going, you keep him one year, you tell him, you know, you've got to become a pressure monster. Like, everything is about forward pressure. You go back to the VFL, you need to get 10 tackles a game and this many pressure points. or uh, Probably all the stuff he's being told, I don't really know, but I guess I'm looking going, there's nothing they can bring in that's better than him this year. Um.
0: Okay, Steele, he gets an extended contract for me. I think he's done well.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: Kobe Stevens, if he wants another contract,
1: uh, I think he's probably going to retire. Um, but if he, yeah, if he wants another contract, I'd give it to him. He's been good.
0: Louis Pierce.
1: Uh, he's the ruckman, isn't he? He's been on there for six years. I'd probably six cut years, him. I, think he's, a, I yeah. think he's a rookie.
0: They keep a lot of players around that are just doing nothing. Yeah. Seven years for Mitchington and six years for Pierce. Yep. Get him out. Out done. Austin, he's done well enough in his time in the side.
1: Yeah, he was only he was trade last year, and he's only been there for one year. Obviously, over from Port Adelaide, so I'd actually give him a two or three year deal. He's done a very good job.
0: Yep, Mavwala. Oh, yeah, one year deal just for depth. One year, he he has to prove himself in the next year for me. Yep. Nathan Brown. Yes. Yeah, easy extend for me as well. Uh, Freeman. (sighs) Um.
1: Just because I want to see him play an AFL game,
0: yes. Sharpen that axe, Shawnee. He's gone. (laughs) It's time to cut your losses with people that are just holding your list back. Nathan Freeman's gone. Nathan Wright. Probably axe
1: him for me. He's 25. He's been there for, what, six years, played
0: 30 games or something. So, yep, gone. Nathan wrong. He's out. Um, (laughs) And Ray. Razor Ray uh, Connellan. Uh, I've n- never heard of him so I'm assuming that's because he's no good he's, he's out uh, he's a
1: rookie, rookie 24 years old been on the list for two years he's he's out for me
0: and I think we've already targeted like highlighted this that their midfield is where their biggest weakness is they really need to go after some class probably through free agency and I know that I mentioned this in the in the LA podcast but I think that Rory Sloan is their man
1: Yep, absolutely. You mentioned that, and yeah, he's probably top of my list as well. Uh, he he allows um, he allows Jack Stephen to get one out of the contest. So he's that crash and bash ball that you you want. He's going to go in, feed it out. He's not bad delivery, but he gets Jack Stephen one that that first receiver out of the contest where he can use his blistering pace. Um, he he immediately makes the midfield. A lot more dangerous, but I, I still think they're still two quality players short in the midfield anyway. So, even bringing in Rory Sloan, is it is it going to get them up the ladder enough? Probably not, but it'll certainly get them from bottom four into that next group above them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think so. I, for me, for me, I think that they are one leader away, like I, I think that the biggest gap this year has been leadership, not necessarily ability, because uh, some of the guys when I'm looking through their lists that I like and I think will be great under a good leader, uh, people like Jack Steele, Dunstan, who I think is almost there, but he needs somebody else around him to really lead him, Gresham, Sinclair, Akers, Billings even, these are all guys that are almost there. And I really think that the biggest thing that they don't have around them is a midfield leader and um, bringing in somebody like Rory Sloane um would be a would be a steal if they could get him. I don't care what you have to pay him for that first year to land him. Um but he he as I said, he just looks like the St Kilda mascot too much to not go to St Kilda.
1: He um you know, if you're if you're St Kilda's new list manager, you you're throwing the checkbook at him, so um, I guess looking at the other free agents around uh, the the two obvious other ones that come to mind is, is Andrew gaff who's probably not exactly what they need like Sloan but he's very close to it um, so I would he'd be certainly in the mix for them and an unrestricted free agent in Luke Dalhouse from the dogs I you know they they don't have any real super good forward pressure harassing players um, that stick out in my mind. So, you know, I'd love, you know, if, if Dowell wanted to move, I reckon St Kilda's a place he'd, he'd really make an impact. Uh, and I don't think he'd, he'd break the bank. And I'm
0: sure, certain they've probably got salary cap space to get him. For me, it's just about getting midfielders in. And I wouldn't be trading away your pick because it's going to be valuable this year. But I would be doing whatever you can to bring in a free agent, one of these free agents from the Western Bulldogs or Rory Sloan or Gaff, one of the people that will really instantly add class to the top probably five players on your list because that's where they're, they're missing. They're sort of top five. Um, I was thinking if you had St. Kilda playing AFLX, they would not be very good at AFLX because you're only looking at maybe six to eight players and they're maybe after one and two sort of drop away very quickly
1: uh their 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 quality around the midfield is just severely lacking um and and leadership's an interesting point you bring up as well because uh it's, it's not just even leadership that sloan or or Dale or that would bring to them it, it's a circuit breaker you know it, it's someone with a different view someone who's got different experience and you know like that that'll really invigorate those midfielders you know you get someone in from another club who's a high-end player they you know, push on to you, this is how we do it here, this is how we do, you know. It's that driving standards that we spoke about about Carlton. You know, but, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of options available to them without trading their pick. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a good thing.
0: They need to use that pick and go and grab a midfielder as well. And I think we, touch, we touched on some of these midfielders before, um, but I really think somebody like a Bailey Smith could come in and... um He'd be best 22 from next year, and he's an absolute bull. Yeah, yeah,
1: agreed. I mean, I'd probably just speak a bit about their draft hand. So this year they've got um, pick three in, in the first round. They traded away their second-round pick last year um, to Port Adelaide for pick 34, which was Oscar Claverino, and pick 68 this year, which is a fourth-rounder. They traded their third-round pick this year um, to Port Adelaide for Logan Austin and that's ended up with North Melbourne now. And then the fourth round they have pick 57 which is their own, pick 62 which is from Adelaide and pick 68 from Port Adelaide. So as you can see they've got, you know, we we've spoken in previous podcasts about, you know, you want to be kind of inside that top 30 picks this year. They've got one. They've got a great one in pick 3, uh but they haven't got anything else, so and, and looking at their list, have they got anything to trade to get back in? Not unless they're willing to let go of guys like Billings and stuff, which I probably don't see them doing.
0: Yeah, they almost they almost have to consider moving on their like backing themselves and moving on their first round pick next year to bring in a couple of either late first round picks or a couple of early second round picks. I think that it, I think there would be a club out there that would hold uh, maybe like a twenty and twenty five that would go, you know what, I'm I'm willing to say that St Kilda are gonna finish lower than lower than six, uh sixth bottom, and that's gonna make my trade worth it.
1: Yeah, if I was in their situation I probably wouldn't be I probably wouldn't be rolling the dice for next year. Um if we could trade two or three years in advance, I might two years away I might trade, but I think next year, you know, given What's happened this year, I certainly think they'll improve, but they're still going to be, you know, bottom probably six for me, um, without knowing how it all ends, of course, through trade period. But I guess a couple of scenarios I had was, you know, like we suggested with Carlton, um, pick three doesn't have the the allure that pick one has, but there's a very real possibility that a, a team like Adelaide would be willing to trade... Um, maybe two of their first rounders for for that um, pick three, maybe, I don't know, what pick seven at the moment, and I think they've got pick 19 from, from Carlton, so that would probably work out about right, or maybe Gold Coast would look at pick four and West Coast pick 18, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, you could do even um, Adelaide's, if Adelaide have, it's either seven or eight, and maybe 15. Um, yeah, the Melbourne pick, yeah the Melbourne pick, you could do those two for their pick three and maybe like a future third round pick or something if they if they need something back in return as well. Yep. But they just need, they need something to get more picks inside that first round. They need to draft midfielders with both selections and they need to really start thinking about how they can get more midfielders in over the next two to three years.
1: Agreed. So, I mean, look, if they've got pick three, for me they're looking at Sam Walsh or Bailey Smith. Like you said, both of them are, are, are pretty much ready to go next year. Um, and, I mean, Walsh is probably the the, the the better one, I guess, by perception at the moment. But um, Bailey Smith is certainly um, doing very well in the champs. They went head-to-head on the weekend. And, and by all accounts, both of them came off with even honours. So, you know, that... No,
0: Walsh, Walsh was better.
1: You reckon? He was, yeah. He's,
0: you, you can't the guy's so consistent he had 29 touches uh, and a goal uh, i know that bailey smith had two goals i think he was a little bit sore but walsh walsh is better we we'll watch the full game together again and he's he's definitely better
1: yeah yeah so look i mean pick 3 if walsh is there you jump well, i mean at pick 3 um one of them is going to be there if you assume that Lukosius is gone and one of Smith or Walsh will be there and even potentially Jackson Hatley or, or um, Isaac Rankin, who was spoken about before, you know, these guys will still be there. Um, if they were to turn it into Adelaide's pick seven and pick 15, you're probably looking at maybe drafting a, you know, having a bid on Nick Blakey, Black,
0: Blackie, Blakey, yeah, Blakey, I think yeah Yeah, like, uh, yes, Blakey, Hatley, um, these sort of guys, Rosie, sort of come into the picture. And I'd be happy with them to sort of target some of those. Yeah. I I really, like, have a feeling that just based on what they've done in the last five years that they'll probably take Isaac Rankin because he would fit perfectly along their brigade uh, brigade of half-forward flankers and forward pockets um, of people that won't make the transition into the midfield. But... Let's let's see uh, let's see what they do. I think a lot of this has got to pan out as far as how they manage um, getting a new list manager in the door and, and what they would like to do.
1: Would you Would you like to be that list manager, John?
0: Yeah, uh, you know I would, Sean. Uh, it's the dream It's a dream job. So St Kilda, if you're listening, uh, vote one John Van Norden for your new list manager.
1: Absolutely, I can. I'll, I'll give you it. a uh, reference for that one, mate. Don't worry.
0: Oh, thanks, mate. Um, you give me a reference for that, but not for the um, best man at your wedding job. Appreciate oh. it. <laughs> oh,
1: this, is an ab- this is an absolute stitch-up. <laughs> before we jump off, did you want to do some final words, mate?
0: Yeah, let's just do some final words before we finish up, Sean. Uh, what are your final words?
1: <laughs> um, I'm probably a little less kind than I was to Carlton, Um I think St Kilda with the new list manager I mean Tony Elshaw done a, a wonderful uh, he's been a wonderful servant for the club um, over many years but um, the time was right and he, to move on and he's moved on uh, for the new list manager good luck uh, I'm not sure there's a hell of a lot of light um, with this list to get to a, a, a flag um, without some pretty creative um, drafting and trading so whoever the new list manager is I hope they're very um adventurous in their thinking and and willing just to roll the dice on a few things because like there is enough there to show that there's a final side but the difference between a final side and a grand final side is a a big difference as we know and and i really think that they're going to need to um kind of take it on and and make some brave calls and you know starts this year and you know, for them, go out and make a statement like getting Rory Sloan and, and even Luke Dalhouse would be huge. Um, and then going and backing that up with a really solid selection of Walsh or Smith at the draft. You know, that that's the right steps for me, for them to, to get on with what they want to do and, and try and become the club they envisaged, you know, five years ago. So, how about you, John?
0: Uh, my final words. Do not trade out your leaders. It is a bad idea every single time. Uh, I can give you a reference from Melbourne if you want to go back and see how it worked out for them. Um, St Kilda, unfortunately, you're the new example, so don't do it again. Um, but thanks again for listening, guys. Um, we, love, we love having you here. Um, I'd love to see some reviews go up. Uh, so if you're listening and you like what you're hearing, check your reviews up on the uh, podcast Review site of your choice. Uh, iTunes works for me. Uh, If you're following on Twitter, you can find us at Listix AFL and you can find us online at listix.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again, Sean, for for being with me and bearing with me while I um, sharpen my axe and (laughs) uh, look forward to uh, getting through the next one with you, mate.
1: Absolutely, mate. Thank you all for listening and um, we'll see you next time.